Welcome to the Books for Athletes podcast with your host, the publisher, Mr. Kelly Cole. Mr. Cole, a former athlete and best-selling author himself, has set out to take you behind the scenes of some of sports' forgotten heroes. He sits down with former professional athletes, college athletes, and sports coaches as they share stories of triumph, defeat, dedication, and perseverance. Here's Kelly. What's up, everybody? It's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole. Welcome to another episode of the Books for Athletes podcast. Today, I have a special guest, best-selling author, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, CEO, my main man, KD. What's up, bro? What's going on, bro? How you doing? Good, man. Thank you so much for being a guest today. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Good stuff, man. In your own words, tell the people a little bit about of who you are. Man, I'm, I'm KD Bowen. Um, that's what people call me. I'm Kevin Bowen. I'm originally from Washington, North Carolina. Um, been living in Tennessee for over 20 years now. Um, I'm a father. I got two girls. I'm one that's 24. One that's 15. About to have a grandson. Um, that's coming up. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a go getter, uh, man of faith, and just like just trying to spread hope to people, man, and helping them tap into the greatness. Dope, man. So you're a former athlete as well. You played football and basketball in high school. Talk a little bit about that. What position did you play and what are some of the lessons that you learned from playing football? Oh, I, I, I love football, man. It's kind of like the league itself. I, play. I, I probably struggle a little bit playing today's football. Probably with just what me. It's kind of it's a, a league itself. You go out there, man, and just give you all and just try to, you know, try to make everything you can and be great. So I played running back in high school. Um, I played um, safety in, in college, and I really just love playing safety. I love running the ball, but obviously it's different from high school going to the collegiate level. Um, what was that transition like from high school football to college? Because I could tell you a little bit about mine. When I got to college is where and I figured out, love, yo, I don't love football as much as I thought I did. Everybody yeah. in college is good, and then the work ethic it takes to make it in college football. What was that transition like for you? It's definitely good because you, you know, also ran track, so you you can be better than most of the people that you play football with or against. But once you get to the collegiate level, a lot of people are really really good, and everybody's not cut out for it. That's why you see a lot of kids today. I mean, when they graduate, they got four or five different schools that they're going to because they can't really stick it out and. Mistake for commitment because man, it's not easy. It's a job. You're working all the time. Sometimes the coach like you. Sometimes the coach might not like you. It's a lot of things played. You got stuff going on at home. So you got to be mentally tough. To, you know, to take that journey to, to play any collegiate sport in my opinion. For sure, you gotta like you said. You gotta want it, man. You got. That's when I realized, like, yo, I don't love this because you gotta love football to play college football. Man, we had a three-mile walk to practice, two miles to the locker room, two miles back to our dorm room, three practices a day, and meetings. Right, that's that's a lot going on right here, man. All that, well, you gotta have love for that. Love, I was like, nah, this ain't it. And I was small too, so I was two twenty solid. I was one of the second smallest dude on the team. Y'all had a big team. Getting blasted. <laughs> 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 well, good stuff, man. So, so tell us a little bit about like you had. I heard you speak. At what age did you have your daughter, and what was that transition and that balance like? 
Um, I had my daughter uh, when I was 19, so I was a teen parent. Um, I was pregnant while we was, when I was in school, so it changed a lot of different things. So I go from being highly recruited my junior year, going to the senior year, and I'm still kind of just looking off. I don't blame nobody, because at the end of the day, I have to, you know, you have to self-evaluate. I don't blame somebody for what I did or didn't do, uh, but, you know, here I am, not getting as recruited, you know, I, I have a kid, and as all my other friends, they're already going to schools, doing different things. I'm sitting here going, like, man, I got a kid, and I always want to be a good father in that situation. So I'm working third shift at a, at a factory um, in the summer. And I get off, try to go to like a little community college, um, just to you know, try to better yourself and, and, and see my daughter. But I just found out that I remember one day going to my mom, she opened the same factory, and was like, mom, I don't know what I want to do in my life. I definitely know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. She's like, well, what you want to do? I said, I just don't know. I just know I can't do this. And my aunt one day, she was prophesying, and she was like, you know, something really good is about to happen to you. And I'm sitting there like, man, I'm working every other week. I'm going to make $100 a week. I'm not working for unemployment. $66 a bet is going to child support. So I'm like, I don't have a whole lot of options here. And I get the opportunity to, you know, when my parents came up to me, back then, we didn't even have you know, we had a little page. Hey, man, what you doing? It's embarrassing. You're a top athlete. You're going to opportunity to play football. People really still respect you and they know what you work. They, they follow up with the potential that you have. And it's nothing worse than you have the potential to be great and you're not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, man, what you doing? My dad was just working on practice. He's like, you? You're not going to play football anymore? Three days later, and the car drive by, came back, and he was like, Hey, man, this is the number I want to give you. And maybe this is your office prophesying about the opportunity. And he was calling uh, Coach Mills three weeks later. No, no. So, what was that like? So, you call the coach. He tells you to come out, try out for the team. What was that like to get that opportunity? Man, for me, it was like a rebound. Because I'm like, good, I got my chance. I'm going to get a chance. I'm going to get a chance. I'm going to get So I was out there with a whole different thing. So in my wall, in my, in my, in my room, I put pictures of my building everywhere. So when I had a bad moment in my head, man, I'm getting things. I'm getting opportunities. So my mindset was different than everybody else. So then, they got to go to school, so it's completely different. Their mentality is yeah. different. We got some kids that just go out there and just have fun. And I don't have fun. I don't have any purpose. I'm going to throw my education and get a degree and do something that I can try to take and get my degree. Hey, it's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole. Listen, if you are a former professional athlete, if you are a former college athlete or sports coach, and you're looking to launch your speaking career, let me tell you, you need a book. If you're already out there speaking and you want to track more high-paid speaking engagements, you need a book. It's not about creating more content to post on social media. It's not about recording a bunch of videos. It's not about doing more podcasts. The number one secret 
to attracting more high-paid speaking engagements or even launching your speaking career is a book. Hey, I'm the publisher, Mr. Kelly Cole, and I help former athletes and sports coaches create best-selling books in 30 days to launch their speaking career, even if they hate writing and don't know where to start. So for the first time ever, I've created a free case study video that will not only show you how to write a book from scratch in a little as 30 days and become a best-selling author, it will also show you how to attract more high-paid speaking engagements. Now, to check out this free case study video, click the link that says learn more or go to booksforathletes.com. Real quick before you go, do not go if you're not a former athlete or sports coach because you won't find any value in what I'm about to share. And don't go if your book is already out and already on Amazon. You won't find any value in what I share over there. But if you are a former athlete or sports coach, know that you need a book or um, already out there speaking and you want to launch your speaking career, go check out that link now. Writing a book is not as hard as you think. It doesn't even matter if you don't know where to start. My case study video will show you how to start and get it done and onto the bestsellers list. So go now. All right. So how did your high? I mean, how did your college career end? Um, with a degree, um, a sports management degree, um, and just it was it was hard because man, once I told my kids, um, you, you, you kind of you, know, you don't have a lot of value for the time, right? Yeah, so they're gonna make life very, very special for me in a very special way. And it was times when I'm like, I really did want to quit. Like, I'm like, it's I feel, you know, that poor pity story I forget, but it was real life. But I'm like, man, I got an opportunity to sit here and complain. I know my family couldn't pick me in school. Okay, this school, I'm not gonna turn back and go back home with my whole time. I'm like, yeah, man, I went to California, went to Tennessee, half home, but I'm back working at the factory. So that option was never in my head, but it was definitely tough. But if you know, tough times, you know, don't last forever, the tough people live. And so I just put in my mindset, you know, my, my roommate, he was always definitely like, man, don't quit. But once you quit, it's gonna quit, man. Let's, let's, let's tough it out, man. And my mom was there for me. I had people in my corner that was still supporting me, but it was definitely a very challenging time to get in the court. You know, man, make good ways. No. So what was your transition like? So you got your degree, you came home. How did you figure out your next steps? Oh, um, I'm just I was happy because I got a degree. I'm the first male to graduate from my college and my, my family on both sides. So it was one of my goals to do it. Just to set an example, I mean, you can do certain different. You can go do whatever you put your mind to if you really sacrifice and you know, go out there and chase your dreams. Um, when I graduated, of course, I'm very happy. And But I applied jobs everywhere. Yes, I got a degree. I know I'm going to get a bag. I'm going to get a job. But everywhere I applied, it was like, hey, you don't have any experience. You don't have any experience. And I'm sitting here going, like, okay, you say you go school, but now you say get experience. How am I going to get experience if I don't get an opportunity? Yeah. But it was like <laughs> majority everywhere. I mean, I couldn't get a job at you know a call center. You know, I go on the interview, go on the interviews, and it was like, hey, we interview for a manager, like, no, you were on the phone. And they never called me back. And a lot of times I'm very grateful that for all the no's and the bills and shit in my face. I, I really am. I'm like, it's 
I remember working in, in a tip service place and they asked me to do these crazy, crazy jobs. And I said, they don't want you back. What happened? I go over and sit down and see what actually you did this and that said you had to do that. But if I wasn't, if I got comfortable, I would have been in that place and took my hand in, you know, working my way up in this particular company or in fact just because um but it was just doors just kept shutting my face. And one day I went to the street market and I was full of energy like this is really this Russian players to the back um, to my friend Raw Goodman and bring it to the seat and said something to the plan. I'm like, I do want to say, man, you know, I do want to say so I you know went to Atlanta, took three hundred dollars, it was actually two hundred and ninety-seven dollars worth worth um, some products, came back, sold it, and I kept going back and forth. I don't do that in very honest with gas prices and different things. But my journey was man, just still not attracting my car and just having this just determination to go get it. I mean, a lot of people laugh, man, man, you go to school, you get a sports match degree and sell clothes and you're trying to the car. I said, well, you might laugh now, but you don't laugh forever. Even when I go get a, you know, when I sold it at the kiosk, um, and, and this girl, I remember she was introducing me one day, and this guy was like, oh, that's that guy that worked on that bench in the mall. And I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, man, you love me, hey, but I'm trying. So it's never nothing wrong with trying. I'm like, I got to store somewhere, so. I'm still not in my car. I'm still going to this kiosk. Maybe it's a bench. I don't know what, what you want to call it, but I was confident in myself that you know, I know God got a plan for me. And I'm just, whatever I'm going to take, I'm just going to take it. But I'm going to try. If I fail, I did try. Most people don't even try. So, what's some of those lessons you learned at the beginning with that kiosk and selling the clothes out of the trunk of your car? Because those are the good times. What are some of those lessons? Oh, man. It, it, was, it, was, it was definitely good because I'm literally. I'm driving around different neighborhoods. I'm not from them. You know what I mean? I'm just driving around. I see somebody, hey man, I got some urban clothes. And I got, I look back now, I'm like, bro, you were really crazy. But when you had that belief in yourself and that craziness, people would kind of like, it's something wrong with this dude. But man, I like, I like the energy in this bag, bro, because you, you come into our hood yep. selling clothes and don't know nobody here. Yep. You, you. You're all right, man. You know I mean you're gonna get people that's gonna love you, but you're also gonna get people that's gonna hate you. But I'm like, man, I'm just out here. I'm like, I'm not doing anything illegal to nobody. I'm out here just trying to, you know, I'm trying to sell CDs, I'm trying to sell whatever it, it takes to try to generate some kind of flow and, and energy. So now I look at it like word that was that was really that was really crazy. Because you could be in situations where it got really murky really fast. But God protected me and, and got me through that situation. It's amazing, man, that our stories are so similar. I did the same exact thing, like out of the trunk, selling T-shirts, CDs, all of that. I was everywhere and didn't care. It was just that youthfulness of you just felt invisible, but you knew you had to go because I had my son at 19, too. And I was like, whatever's got to do, I'm just going to do that. It don't matter. Working during the day. Working at Walmart, I was actually in Walmart the other day. I was like, damn, what if I didn't take that jump? What kind of life would I have if I was still here? I was like, oh, it would have been miserable, man. So talk about that, man. Those nose, like you said, those nose propel you to where you are now. It is. You smile. People are like, well, why are you a smile? Is that bad? It's going to be. I'm like, right, because I just know it's a bigger purpose. I'm like, I just feel the biggest purpose. I believe it. I'm like, maybe I'm, I'm that crazy one that can just believe crazy stuff. Um, but I'm like, I'm not going to settle. And I like putting my, you know, put, putting my life in somebody else's hand. And, yeah. You know, kind of, you know, see for me. So I'm like, hey, it ain't, it's not easy. Being an entrepreneur is not easy. So I tell everybody, you know, 
it's, it's, it's not an easy game. Your money is the kid that you more money, but I see a lot of people just get into it and think it's going to be easy, and they don't have the work ethic, determination, or the skills to go ask for help. Like, for me, I don't mind going to ask for help. Okay, I need help. I don't know what's right here. A lot of people will. Yeah, but within reason, obviously, you can't, you know, overstate your value. They're not going to give you everything for free. Right. We'll go help you. So before I started, like during that transition from graduating until I started in the mall, man, I would drive to Johnson City every day to talk to every little small uh, local business just to get nuggets and tips and advice, man. What kind of advice would you give me? Um, what can I do? And, you know, I just, I had people that would answer those questions for me and, and just help me out because early on in the business, I don't know about business. Right. Like managing people or like, I don't know any of this. I know how to hustle. I know how to like sell, you know, clothes. And I started doing like you know, doing a lot of different marketing, with, you know, doing, doing parties and doing different things to create a market for people to want to wear my, you know, wear clothes, wear urban clothes, and look nice, and do different things. Dope. So how did you come up? How did you go from the cart to Fanatics One Hundred and One? How did that come about? Um, so I sort of I had one urban store um, cart that I sold mainly urban stuff in. And and when I started the throwback jerseys were still like a really, really big thing. And we wear tall tees and we'd be like 185, wearing three eights, it's crazy. The 40, 40 inch pants when you're only a 32. So I came up in those days when it's you know what I mean, everything was oversized, music was really good, everybody happy and environment. But then I started doing you know, I love sports. I play sports, love sports. And I still have a one that was um, I sold just sports stuff, hats and more jerseys and I have urban. And eventually, I mean, when you're in the urban market where you're from, you, you got clients come up one day you might be here, the next day they might be gone. Either they they dead or they in jail or they on the run. Yep. So it was a very unstable market for the most part. But when you have people, good clients, they're going to take care of you. You got other people that go there. But the people that I'm hiring, they don't know really how to connect with necessarily an urban crowd. So if you can't have them connect with it, they might even um, approach the kiosk. So what you mean, I got to be the one up all the time. But when you get the sports, sports cover everybody. Yeah. And I can go to California and I'm a Tar Heel fan. I see a Tar Heel fan. We're going to be like, man, what's up, baby? You yeah. know what I mean? And I just love that vibe and that, that energy that. I got from sports. And so for me, my sports sports is I want to have a little bit for everybody. So I'm in Tennessee, I love the balls, but at the same time, everybody that comes to that area and we love just that one school. So my philosophy is trying to have a little bit for everybody and bring a lot of different stuff in. So when you come in, you're like, you know, you know, you got white slash, you got clubs, you got the bulls, you got all these different schools um, from that area, but hey man, you from Cali, you from you know, you from Texas, Georgia, Florida. Wherever you're from, you know, you can come where you can find something for your source. So I don't know that mentality. I'm going to get my school just trying to have a, a lot of different things because even for people that's not familiar with it. Yo, what up? It's your girl, JC. And listen, I have to send a special shout out to my guy, Mr. Kelly Cole, and the entire team at Publishing Advantage Group and Books for Athletes. They took so great care of me to the point that I know I'm the pickiest person. This book was supposed to have been finished last summer. However, 
there were some details that I needed to make sure that the book had because my audience needed it. And, you know, when it comes down to feeding and serving the people, especially as a former athlete and telling your story, you know you cannot be selfish with the material and give it away. And they worked with me from the time of my thought process to the time of conception all the way down to now top 20 hot release best-selling author on Amazon in 24 hours. Listen, if you're an athlete, you have a story to tell and you don't know how to put it in book form just yet, don't worry, you're not alone, okay? Hit my guy, Mr. Kelly Cole, and tell him what you're trying to do, and I promise you he's going to get you right, all right? And, of course, check me out on Amazon after the season. Shout out to the Books for Athletes family. Yeah, I don't want them to miss that point because you you mentioned something very important in business. You figured out your niche market because you were niched all the way down to urban. Then you expanded to sports, right? which it has a broader fan base, but you were doing urban clothing in the area where it wasn't a lot of urban people, right? When did that click for you? Um, so when you, when you come in, I love, I love urban clothing. I'm urban, so you know, I love the suit clothes. I love the, the, the energy. I love the vibe. And I had people that definitely support me. But you also, you know, you have people that's not going to support you as well because people see you as being different. They don't know you, but they don't like you. So it's not, I, and I tell people, like, it's not that you don't like me. You just don't like the reflection when you see me. I never personally did anything to you. You just, when you see me, you're like, man, that, that should be me. Well, it can be you. You know what I mean? It's not limited. You just gotta, you know, make sacrifices and just be a good person, treat people right. So when I started doing it, I mean, it's 8% minority. So you might get half of, of your best day that's important. And that's a very high number. You got half of people um, supporting you. So eventually, I'm sitting there like, hell, I like this, but I, used to, I remember one day this guy came to me. I was in front of like a bunker store. At the time, G Unit, they had like G Unit and Rocket they see me bringing all these brands. And they're like, well, man, you selling this stuff? Okay, we do it. And I'm like, why are you mad at me, dog? I'm a little dude on a kiosk. Right. 24 years old, I'm selling clothes on a kiosk. You got this big company, but yet y'all intimidated by me. But then I'm like, I know I got, I'm on a certain break because I'm like, why are these people so intrigued by me? And I'm just this little country dude driving a you know Dodge Spirit around selling clothes out of front of my car. Yep. You know what I mean? With a broke seat in the back, but they was very, they felt a certain kind of weight. And when this guy came up, he was like, man, why are you shopping over there with KD, man? Let's go in here. And I'm like, dude, that's weird. So it is hard. So I'm going parties. And the more energy you get and the more stuff you do like it, people like it, but people also don't like it. Yeah. But I'm like, man, I love sports. And with sports, no matter what color you are, what kind of religion you are, how you vote, if you like a team, you like a team. That's the one day when everybody, all the other nonsense go out. The one day you just, you hate, you, everybody hate that one team, whatever yeah. that team is, but you all root for that one team. And I like that energy and it, fit, it fits for me and my personality a lot better. So I come in and talk school all day long and, and try to sell you something good to put you in that new hat they ran for the NFL, the New Jerseys that just came out. Um, I, I love it. And, people, and I, it's still got an urban crowd. I mean, I sell a lot of Michigan West Jerseys, so I'm still doing some of the same thing, but it's a sports store. You know, I bring a lot of, you know, 59, 50 hats, a lot of stuff that people, they, they got to go out to the beach or maybe go out right in the town and wear a jersey. I still have some of the stuff, the shorts and popular. So I have stuff that people still are big in the urban market. But now, if you ate, 80 or 85, you come in my store and just look around and be like, man, this is really cool, man. 
it's bringing it back to my childhood with all these throwback jerseys. And, and it's kind of cool because some of the young people know a lot of this stuff as well. They play a lot of video games, YouTube, different things like that. So I think it was a good transition for them doing it. But we, when I just knew, I'm like, you know what? I didn't go all sports. I still can do urban, but I think sports, you know, is going to be a much better ticket. And at the time, Tennessee was still really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and they don't have a, really an option to get a lot of stuff. So I just want to, you know, bring something cool in my area you know, for the people in the Northeast Tennessee just to come in and get a great team. Think about Tennessee fans, too. They don't really care how good the team is. They're going to ride or die. Like, like me, I don't care. I'm Bulls, Bears, Cubs, period. I don't care if we lose, we never win. I'm never switching my teams. I'm from Shy, so that's what we do. But, all right, so tell us about your first store. Like, how did you get the inventory? How did you get your accounts with, like, Mitchell and Ness and all of that stuff? How did you learn how to do all of that? Um, just determination, man. Just, you know, when I started, I, I go to Atlanta, and you, you can obviously, you know, they won't juice you a little, up a little bit more so that if you bought it from one company that's, you know, you're going to pay probably 20% more from buying from this company because you don't have account. But eventually, I'm like, you're an entrepreneur. I don't want a whole lot of middlemen. I don't want a whole lot of hands in the pockets. You know what I mean? So I'm like, man, how can I go do this? And eventually, I just thought applying um, for the different um, vendors and going to like different shows and just getting out there, getting outside my comfort zone and just networking and, and, and walking. And it's different because you don't have a lot of minorities in the sports industry that have students. I mean, if I go to a convention, they go there every year. I mean, I might see five. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's tens of thousands of people here. It's not a lot of people um, that have stores. A lot of them work, but a lot of them own the store. Uh, and so I just go out there and just, just, just try to network with the right people. And eventually I still get accounts, you know, and, and, and I'm like, hey, man, I have this store. I really, I would love to bring the products in here. I've been doing this right here. And it's getting an opportunity to get the insurance is big. And getting getting uh, Reebok because back in the day it was Reebok that had all the NFL and the NFL was king. It is what it is. They king of you know, sports world in America. And so I got the NFL contract with Reebok. Then they changed to Nike. But Nike wasn't really open up new accounts. And at this point in time, I'm sitting on like I'm praying me and my my, my team. We literally like praying, oh come on, if we lose, you know I mean we, if they don't open up our Nike account, we got a Reebok. Reebok now no longer has. The NFL account. They got other stuff, but it's NFL is our team. And I'm sitting like, this is going to be very, very bad for business. Um, and I got the letter. I was in Disney World with my family, and I got an email that, hey, you've been accepted to the account. They didn't open up the three accounts in Tennessee. Wow. The whole state of Tennessee got three accounts. And I was fortunate to be one of them that they opened up a Nike account for, man. And I was just, man, I almost would have cried. I was like, man, what you say? I'm like, dude, this just don't happen a lot of times. And just, I mean, I, I have a lot of faith, man, and just hard work and doors have opened up for me that it, it don't make sense. You come to my store, you're like, there's no way that guy owns the store. And sometimes people will say that, and I just smile, like, man, just work hard and just, just just chase your dreams and just be humble, be hungry, and just try to, you know, try to be a good person. Dope, man. So what has been that number one key to success that you've had so far? What's been that number one key? Oh, um, I think just... Working hard and just being coachable. Um, just 
right now, like a journey, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, you're not as good as your, your best day, you're not as bad as your worst day. You're somewhere in between and just try to develop, just get around people that's going to push you to, to elevate yourself to the next level, but also extend out hand to pull other people up um, on that journey so they can kind of be the best um, they possibly be. But just, just staying at it, man, just working, just outworking everybody around you, you know, while they sleeping and hanging out and all that stuff, man, you stay focused with your goals. And just, if you say you're going to do something, be a man of your word and just go about trying to do it. Dope, man. All right, let's get into the book. So tell them about the book, The Dream is Free. How did you come up with that title? And what does that title mean? Um, The, the Dream is Free. I think everybody dream. I think some people daydream. Um, and I always like, you know, I'm like, the dream is free. The dream is success. It's so simple. You know, someone like, you know, they got different sayings like that. But I'm like, let me make sure don't nobody have this book. So you got books that says the dream is free. Um, but the journey of success is so simple. It's different. Because I think everybody can dream. Everybody can talk about, man, one day I'm going to go to the NFL. One day I'm going to go to college. One day I'm going to start a business. One day I'm going to be, why, why not today? What are you doing to put yourself in that situation five years from now that you can go to the NFL, that you can start your business, that you can do whatever? And I think uh, when I talk about you know, in the book, the journey is free, is just, man, just setting goals and going out. You got to still somewhere. And I still got to check my car and the five speed. You just have to stop and don't get comfortable with whatever situation you have. Stop complaining. A lot of people they complain a whole lot. Well, I don't have it. Why not this? Man, make your way in. You will find a door. Go ahead, dear. Kick, kick the door in. Yep. You will find a way um, to, to get there. But that journey, it is hard and everybody ain't built for it. You know, being a college athlete, when we talk about, man, it's not easy. It's not for everybody. Being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. Being married, being you know, raising kids is not for everybody, but it can be you if you are you coachable or you determined. And if you got a mindset, what's your goal? I'm be successful. What's success? Like success is different for every single person, but you just have to run your race. Stop focusing on everybody else. I don't care about the lead store that downstairs. I don't care about the champ store. I care about finance when I want to make it finance when I want the best store in the possible. I'm not caring about and that's a lot of great speakers. I'm not there tonight. ET, I'm not any of these guys. I'm Katie. I would be the best KD that I possibly That's it, man. That's good, man. You, I mean, you hit it on the head. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody, but it's worth it, though, man. I always tell people that. Like, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Like you said, nobody gets to control our destiny. We can wake up, get our work done, do what we need to do, man, and handle our business. So you got two stores, Fanatics 101 in Johnson City. How long you've had that one? Um, Johnson City, um, since 2003. Um, so next year to be 20 years. I've been on it for 19 years now. Um, love the journey. It's definitely not something that's that's easy, but I I, I love the people of East Tennessee. Um, they give me mad love back, and I'm just grateful for for where I'm at. Um, it's, it's different because everybody like I, I like being able to choose where I'm at, not necessarily forced to be here. I mean, I think I can go anywhere and sell stuff. But I love um, the people of East Tennessee. I've been doing it in the Asheville market in North Carolina for 11 years now. Oh. So I, I, I love having a store over there from North Carolina. And it's completely different. That one hour drive is, you know, SEC country in Tennessee, ACC country in North Carolina. So I get to see completely two different yep. atmospheres in the same store. It's just one of those real crazy things in the sports world. 
So, so what made you open up the store in Asheville? Where did that idea come from to do that? Well, I knew I wanted to get a, a, a second store. Um, we had, you know, I had a good a good team around that time. I'm like, man, this time in Spain, man, I think we can get better. And again, I'm a dreamer, so I'm like, let's go conquer the world, man. We should be able to do, you know, whatever, man. My goal is to, you know, do this. And first, I went to um, Kingsport because I wanted to kind of keep all my marketing in the area. So. I go to Kingsport, go to the mall, talk to the mall manager, and they was all cool. And I was like, "Well, you can't do it because we have a hibbits here, and we can't, you know, we can't sell because we got exclusive deal." And I was like, "Why don't you have an exclusive deal with a store?" I'm like, "It's kind of like you got a Chinese restaurant over here, a buffet that sells pizza, but you want to open up a pizza real, right. pizza real because you got pizza on that thing." I'm like, "We are two different things," but I'm like. I appreciate your opportunity. So I'm like, man, I appreciate your opportunity. Um, thank you for taking this meet with me. It's okay. And he's looking at me like, well, well, no, man. If you, I want to be around people that want me around. I yeah. want to be in shopping centers where people want me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I go to Bristol, but at the time, you know, I mean, Bristol Mall was kind of not, uh, you know, still thing of what I want. I didn't really feel the vibe when I went there. Yeah. And the mall manager that was in Johnson City was now in Asheville. A mall, and he was like, "Man, you looking to spam, man? We'd love to have you because a lot of schools will come get you. You know, Charlotte, Nashville, a lot of places. Which could be like, hey, it's a great thing to have in the market." And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I go over and I start looking. I'm like, I think we can make this happen. They put me directly across a, a list store, which I love. People are like, "Why you want to go head to head with them?" I'm like, "I'm not going head to head with them. I will send you over there. I I like what I have. I think we'll give you good customer service and give you a good selection." People like what they like, but I'm like, when you come in here, I just want an opportunity. You know, you can show all your money and spend money where you want to, but hopefully like, you'll give us the opportunity to, to shop with us and think of us before you spend all your money. Dope. Dope, man. That's good stuff. All right, man. I ain't going to hold you. Where can they get the book? Where can people book you to speak uh, before we get to the last words? Um, Thank you so much. Um, you can go to Katie Bowen. Um, dot com and purchase from there. I love when you go there. Um, but it's also available on like Books a Million, Amazon, Walmart, different places like that. But kbone.com is the best place to get it. We also have them available in my store, um, National Morning from the Mall of and the Ashford Outlets. Um, you can get it. And I do book signings and different things. Obviously. Also, they can book you to speak at KD at your website? Yeah, they can book me to speak at my website. Just go to uh, kdborn.com or you can email me at info at kdborn.com. Dope, man. One last word of wisdom for that inspiring entrepreneur, that KD who just got out of college, they can't get a job, and they want to get into entrepreneurship. One last word of wisdom. What would you tell them? Oh, man, just believe in yourself. Know that you have greatness inside of you. Just go chase your dreams. You know, God gave you the vision. He didn't give everybody else the vision. So just focus on pray, work hard. You know, you will get your opportunity. One day, I promise you, you get your opportunity. But it's what you do with your opportunity when you get it. And don't have a victim mindset, have a victorious mindset. Just go out there and just win the day, man. Be great because you are great. Dope, man. Appreciate you coming on, bro. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you, man. Have a blessed day. All right, you too. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Books for Athletes podcast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and leaving us reviews. And be sure, if you're interested and you want to get your book done, make sure you check out our free case study video at www.booksforathletes.com. 
Also, if you'd like for me to come to speak to your students or you're having an event and you need a speaker, I would love to be a part of it. Just shoot me an email at booksforathletes.com. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.